Welcome to the Spectral Phenomena Podcast, your source for all things offbeat, strange, unexplained, and paranormal. Here are your hosts, Ken Sanner and Mustafa Sadiq. Question for you as we start. Okay. Do ghosts have taste buds? I would say no. Oh, yeah, that's disappointing. But I can't. Pre- well, my next question: The ghost was, in Harry Potter did. You remember that? The ghost in Harry Potter. They would eat rotten food because it was stronger to taste. I did. I did not know that. God, I'm a terrible Harry. I'm pretty fan. sure I remember that. Is that like a book thing? Or do they have that in the movies? Yeah, too? yeah. It's not. A Wasn't movie there thing. one that like uh, like the head was almost cut off? Yeah, what was his name? Oh, I can't remember. He was a he was the uh, the Gryffindor ghost though, um, nearly headless Nick. Do you, do you think that ghosts carry their psychological trauma like they do their physical trauma? Absolutely. Well, I think that's the whole point of them being ghosts. I think so. And this isn't even a ghost episode. This is not a ghost episode. <laughs> All right. There, so speaking of the episode, let's dig into it. So the mental imagery of Greys may bring up terrifying visions of being in a sterile environment, looking over an experiencer, preparing to perform an experiment. Creatures at your bedside ready to take you on board the, your ship against your will, but you're paralyzed and powerless to do anything. Are they creatures from outer space? If so, what evolutionary conditions have led them to look like they do? And what can it tell us about their planet? Welcome, everybody, to Spectral Phenomena, Season 1, Episode 1. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the biology and evolution of greys, assuming that they are, in fact, extraterrestrial biological entities, um, though we will touch on some other theories, and we could probably make entire episodes out of those other theories. But yeah, greys, they're one of the most commonly uh, reported types of ETs, if not the most common. Reports of greys go back at least as far as the Betty and Barney Hill case in 1961, um, but possibly even to the Roswell crash in 1947, if you believe that. It was actually um, the Corona crash, sir. It was reported in Roswell. <laughs> Thank you very much. It was a, was a Corona crash. In fact, they were just oh, test man. dummies. You know, that's what the Air Force tells Weather us. balloons. And really, we could, we could do a whole episode just on Roswell, obviously, um, and, and when the actual body recovery stuff was first reported. You know, that's its own deep dive in itself. Um, but yeah, so in recent reports, Alien Greys, they seem to be running the show when it comes to an abduction. Uh, but if you go back and looked at the earlier accounts in the 60s, 70s, and even some of the ones in the 80s, there were a lot of cases where greys seemed to be working for other species like Nordics, insectoids, reptilians, or even humans. There are actually stories out there of humans and strange jump shoots um, directing the greys. So it's it's a very interesting subject you know they look very humanoid but they have a lot of major differences and i know I just kind of monopolized that conversation moose so do you have anything you want to add to the introduction no 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 there? there's so much you did not monopolize at all uh i echo everything if you hear booms behind me it's fireworks not gunshots i promise you um second um so there's so much to capture in what you just said right uh, but i think you captured it perfectly um 
I think this episode's gonna see. There's so much to talk about. This episode's gonna um, rely on a couple things that may not be things. So a cu- you know a couple <laughs> of tenets that may not be tenets, but for the purpose of this episode, uh, they're tenets. So uh, we are assuming that these are biological, uh, carbon-based organisms that follow our perception of biology so cell theory right so they're based off of cells uh evolution that they follow traditional evolution patterns you know um uh you know they they have to uh follow homeostasis so they have to regulate their insides right uh so they don't like blow up um and uh lastly that um uh, they they have like genes right they have dna uh we've already assumed so much um and i get that um but that's what we're going to be basing our conversation off of initially. And, and that's really fascinating because all of these things are just totally based on our own assumptions because that's how life is here on Earth. And even if and, and for me, it's I love the, the E.T. theory, the E.B.E. theory with these guys. But I think there's a lot of evidence that there may be something else going on, but that's another story. Um, but even if they are physical, biological beings, who knows if they're silicone based or if their planet's evolutionary pattern is anything like ours at all? You know, these things could be so alien that we don't even understand how yeah. they work. Yeah. You know, yeah. they could be a, a one giant single celled organism for all we know. We have no idea. We have no idea how life might evolve on other planets. Um, there's no scientific basis for us to look at. There is no, you know, known life on Mars that we can say, okay, Martian life is like this, Earth life is like this, and you know, somewhere mm-hmm. in between, maybe the grays are. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, it's all out there. So I mean, so there are a couple things that we can lead off of, though, right? And uh, so for uh, reference, uh, I've used uh, Martin and Nath Anatomy and Physiology Eighth Edition uh, primarily as uh, my resource. A lot of the notes that I've used. Um, have been from past experience. Again, uh, not the most scientific topic, so uh, forgive me if I get something wrong. Um, there are some things that can guide us, though, right? Um, uh, the From our understanding, again, I'm not a physicist, but physics appears to be, you know, the way we currently understand physics appears to be how our universe works 99% of the time, right? Um, you know, I don't know the percentage that we then realize it doesn't work that way. Um, the extent of my knowledge is uh, um, being bad at physics and YouTube videos, so I couldn't tell you the the specifics. But from what my understanding is, you know, once you get into the quantum world, and no, it's not a um, never mind. Uh, <laughs> once you get into quantum world, things start to get start to get a little bit funky. Um, but from our understanding, there's particular laws of physics that dictate biology, right? And one of those things um, is something called a surface-to-volume ratio, right? Um, and that so you, a person, I'm a larger person, right, as I eat my vanilla ice cream, um, I, I, I have a particular volume, right? And then there is a surface area, so how much of my body touches the outside, right? And there has to be specific surface-to-volume ratios, right? If you get too big... And you don't, well, if you have a lot of volume, you don't have enough surface area, surface area goes down, right? And you die because you can't regulate yourself. So we think that there's particular parameters, but just like Ken said, 
you know, uh, and I said this in the intro, we don't know what we don't know. And we, um, we think that silicone based life isn't really possible, at least at the multicellular level, right? We think that a single cell, uh, huge organism probably can exist. Right. Uh, but we're definitely not sure. Right. Um, uh, that, that's what I'm going to say for now. I'll turn it back to you as I take a bite of my ice cream. That's fine. As I take a drink of my beer. So, all right. So let's start drilling down on some of the specific characteristics of what we commonly understand as the gray alien. One of the most, we're going to Moose and I, we're both paramedics. So one thing you learn in paramedic school is when you do a patient, I have a card in my wallet that says I'm a paramedic. I don't think I'm actually a paramedic anymore, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> well, you know, I, I was trying to be generous. Um, one of the things you learn, and, and this is true really for any medical pro- profession, nursing school, you know, physicians, anything, you do a head to toe assessment in most cases. So we're going to approach the gray with our head to toe assessment. The first thing we notice when we approach the gray and we look at the head is that it's very big. And the question is then, why? Why does a gray need a disproportionately large head? If you look at life on Earth, um, most animals do not. In fact, I can't think of anything on Earth that has a disproportionately larger head um, as compared to its body. Um, So the assumption then is that there needs to be a reason for that, although that assumption may be complete poppycock because we have no idea about the evolution of life on this thing's planet but there's got to be a reason for this large head we assume so what could those reasons be there's a couple could it be a larger brain again we're assuming this thing even has a brain um and that if it does that's where all of its you know cognitive and and base functions are processed and and managed um why would it need a larger brain if it did well maybe they're just really smart you know maybe they just have evolved to have a a a larger brain to process more information more quickly and you know whatever um maybe they're they have some kind of psychic powers or something and they have a large brain because of that i don't know what do you think moose yeah, so you, uh, you alluded to a bunch of different things I want to tackle, right? So uh, the idea of uh, well, uh, taxonomy, right, which is like how we organize life um, or, you know, the, the study of how things evolve. So, from, again, from our, my basic understanding, we believe that natural selection is the primary driver for evolution. And not we believe I, – I, I, there's a lot of evidence towards that. Evolution is real. If you think it's not – uh, never mind. I, again, I want, don't want to be rude. But uh, we 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 believe that the the code for life is in the life as we know it is coded uh, in a particular language, a, a chemical language of uh, amino acids, right? Um, and they they code in a particular order, and they set up a code uh, to basically read out what we are. Or you know, it's it's the recipe for organisms. Um, and, uh, in a certain, uh, space, right. Environment, 
organisms need things to live, right? So you may not need a burger to live, but you need some sort of nutrients, right? I don't need this ice cream, but that there, there aren't unlimited burgers, right? There's only a certain amount of vanilla ice cream, uh, cartons in the grocery store at any given point. And you, in a, in a commodity based perspective, you have to compete to get those things. Uh, so, uh, there's, competition to get resources in the environment and certain aspects of a particular organism may make them more fit, uh, right. To get those things. Um, and the idea of natural selection is by random chance, uh, and I can't stress how random it is and how rare it is. One of those letters may change in their DNA in their, in their directions and their recipe and they might be a little faster, right? Or a little smarter. And over millions of years, you get evolution um, that makes them best fit for their uh, environment. So um, we're gonna be, we're doing a head-to-toe assessment, but we're starting with the head, a big head, right? So you um, described what you know what we talk about as a nervous system, right? A neural pathway, whether it's centralized or decentralized. Um, and there's so many different things that that opens up to. We I don't want to get into details, right? Um, but absolutely, um, does brain matter equal smarter? No, right? There's plenty of animals that have larger brains than us that aren't as smart. Um, and I don't know much about neuroscience, so I don't want to get into that. But uh, you know the concept of why that happens. But uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's a great it's a great starting point. Yeah, and Very interesting that's not the point. only possibility for these larger heads either, right? Um, yeah. No, what absolutely. if they have some kind of space in their head for air or pressure regulation? You know, maybe yeah, like sinuses, centuries yeah. of space travel and experiencing different planets has somehow led them to develop the ability to regulate the pressure in their head or in their bodies based off of, you know, the gravity and the air pressure on a planet. Or it's where they hide, they hide their neck beards. Oh, where they hide their what? Their neck beards. Oh, their neck beards. Yes, <laughs> yes, that could be where they hide their neck beards. Um, <laughs> or maybe they have totally different organ placement than us all together. Maybe their brains are in their chest, and their entire GI system is in their head. I, that could account for a larger head. I don't know. I'm yeah. just the one asking questions. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, that that's a, uh, and I, I don't mean to keep taking over, but uh, that you bring up a great point. So why do we have most of our senses on our head, right? So we we have this idea of ax an axis, right? There's various axes on our on our body, um, and we evolved, um, you know, uh, initially as four, you know, organisms with, with with four legs, right? And we move forward, and it is beneficial for an organism to have senses to uh, at the forefront of their being to be able to sense various things what do they need to sense in your environment you have to sense where food is right where necess- things necess- uh, necessary for life um, but you also need to be able to uh, defend yourself from danger right and you need to be able to sense your environment versus yourself you need to be able to discern you um, I guess you don't really need to discern an idea of self, but you need to understand, you know, you versus the environment. Um, so that's why we have senses 
you know, the way we understand biology, that's why we have eyes and a nose and ears and a mouth in the same area uh, on, on our body. Uh, are there examples of decentralized nervous systems? Absolutely. Um, and uh, again, we don't need to go into detail, but, uh, you know, like an octopus, right? Doesn't necessarily have a, you know, it doesn't have a central nervous system. Is it able to surround, is it able to tell self versus non-self? Yes. Um, is it able to, uh, sur- you know, sense its surrounding? Absolutely. Uh, more to come on that, but yeah. Did that, uh, did I okay. talk about your question? I think that was good. And cool. uh, don't ever apologize for jumping in because that's why you're here. Uh, yeah. If people just wanted to hear me talk, I would just, you know, talk. But, <laughs> you know, we, we want you here for a reason. So the next thing is maybe a little bit less difficult to figure out, um, but it is the large eyes. So why do these things have such big eyes? And... To me, the obvious answer to that and the pretty much the only answer to that that I could think of is a low light environment that they exist in. Um, You know, if you think about nocturnal animals, you know, we may see larger eyes compared to, you know, animals that are primarily awake in the daytime or, you know, more sensitive eyes. So to me, large eyes pretty much points to a low light environment. Again, unless there's something else going on that we don't understand, maybe they can see into the ultraviolet spectrum or the infrared spectrum or something like that. Um, but it's pretty clear to me for large eyes, it, it's a sensory thing. They can see something that we can't or they're living in a low light environment. What do you think, Moose? Yeah, so uh, how, how did vision evolve, right? So in our eyes, we have rods and cones that discern you know, different types of light. And uh, we think... That at some point in history, um, uh, organisms fused together, right, and created a symbiotic relationship. And somehow their DNA fused and they became a single organism, right? So the, the well, you know how that fusion happened was the aliens came here and, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll go into an X-rated segment. Uh, no, no. No, but seriously. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, um, that's not even where I was going, but now. <laughs> I guess that's kind of weird with microscopic <laughs> things, right? No, but uh, so uh, you know, so you have Clear this. Your browser history, bro. Uh, I, I'm probably never mind. I can't say that either. Um, <laughs> so uh, uh, y- you bring up a good point, though. Like, how how does that change happen, right? How how do we become? Um, uh, how does two become one in terms of DNA? And that I can almost guarantee is something that I don't understand. I'm sure we already understand it in terms of science. Um, but how, how does that become a thing? Uh, but either way, uh, you know, these organisms join together and um, there, there's a, you know, there, um, opsin. You, know, you guys can look it up. And that, that's one of the uh, key chemicals that uh, is involved in vision. Um Basically, you have receptors that can sense light that send a message to your head. Um, it is understood that in low light environments, right over time, you may need more rods and cones uh, to be able to discern, uh, to be able to make more information of less light. Um, you make a very interesting com- um, uh, note, you, a comment you made. 
um, that I actually didn't think that you would make, and I thought I'd be able to trip you up, and that is the ability to capture um, uh, waves of light um, that are uh, outside of our, you know, humanity's uh, ability to discern. Um, so well, you mentioned UV, right? It's so ultraviolet light, uh, you know, infrared. I, I don't know. I don't know things about light. I know don't know things about you know physics to that to that level. Um, but in their environment, assuming a biological makeup again, what environmental factors pushed their evolution, and what was their definition of fitness to allow them to have big eyes, right, or force them to have big eyes to be able to survive? Um, uh, the, I think that's a quick way of discussing, you know, vision is such a complicated thing um, that I don't understand. But uh, I think that's an interesting way to take a look at it. What, what, what do you think? I mean, uh, apart from that, I mean, I think that's the biggest, uh, I wouldn't say easy, but I think that's the most obvious answer. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think you're right. Um, you know, I'm glad I was able to impress you by coming up with that uh, thing you didn't expect me to come up with. Yeah. <laughs> um, just as an aside, I had a little bit of connectivity issue there. So if you have any issues with me, just uh, shoot me a message. Um, yeah, to it. But I do want to throw out there um, one other thing with the eyes is that they don't seem to have eyelids, um, at least in most of the reports that I've read. So how are they clearing gunk from their eyes? Do they cry a lot? I don't know. Um, I just think that's an interesting thing. You know, maybe they live on a planet where there's not a lot of stuff blowing around in the wind. I don't know. Maybe they don't have sandstorms on uh, Alpha Centauri or Sirius Prime or wherever they're from. Um, but yeah, that's uh, just something I thought I'd throw out there. If you don't have anything to say on it, not a no, big I do, deal. I if do, you do, I, I please do. Feel free. Yeah, like uh, well, not necessarily on uh, eyelids, but on anatomy, um, pupils. Is it just me or do they usually yeah. not have, they just have massive pupils and not like a, was it an iris, right? Oh man, that's disappointing if I don't know my basic eye. Yeah, yeah, that's right? an iris. Yeah, right. They, they, they don't have um, the, the the whiteness of their eye. They just have like, you know, large pupils that may or may not constrict. Do they constrict? I, I don't know. pupils. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting... I don't know. You know what? That's interesting, though, because if they are just large pupils and they don't constrict, how they how do they deal with highlight environments? You know, yeah. because like for for us, we go into a, a situation where there's a lot of light. Our pupils constrict um, to kind of limit how much light we're taking in and prevent damage. I mean, maybe they just don't have to worry about that somehow. You know, maybe they don't have that. I don't know. So I'm going to throw this out here, and I know we're going to be kind of going out of order. What if? Okay. What? So if you look, uh, okay, as a paramedic, you you show up to a call and you have a motorcyclist that has a helmet on, right? Um, if you didn't know any better, you could think that the helmet's visor is one massive eye. You see what I'm okay. getting at here? What if? What we perceive I as a gray at, yeah. is just a a a, a, a suit, a bio. Uh, well, so we think it's a suit, right? Um, uh, from my understanding, uh, 
captives think that it's a it's something biological they're interacting with. So how do not we know? Always, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just I'm just saying hypothetically. How do we know that's not a biological exoskeleton? We don't. So that could and be. That's why thing. we're having this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Okay. Cool. Very interesting. Okay, so let's move on a little further down the head into the mouth. This is where uh, I get useless, by the way. Because I some of these I just don't know the answer to. <laughs> okay, that's all right. I, I got I got plenty of nonsense I can spew. I've been uh I've got basically thirty years of um, you know, being into this stuff and just absorbing and thinking about nonsense. So um so the thing with a mouth is it's basically it's a slit. Um, it doesn't seem to move. It doesn't seem conducive to eating or talking or anything like that. It's just like a useless slit that sits there. Um, so the question is, you know, how, you know, it's non-functional. How do they communicate? A lot of experiencers believe um, that they're being communicated with telepathically, you know, some kind of nonverbal um, telepathic communication. Um, and that really seems very common across i mean pretty much every experience with the grays that we can go back to as far as we've known about grays you know betty and barney hill certainly you know felt this way um a lot of modern day experiencers do as well um and there's a lot of funky stuff in the 60s and 70s where people reported all kinds of strange things but the most consistent reports of grays are that it's just telepathic communication um Beyond that, as far as communication, do you have anything you want to add to that, Moose? Um, I know it's. I do. Uh, I do. I said I was useless, but I'm actually not. On, okay, go on ahead, mouth. please. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm you're not. I'm not. You wouldn't be here. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to tie a couple things together. So I, I want to highlight slits for nose and slit for mouth. Right. Um. So, um, taste is highly dependent on smell. Right. A lot of people don't know that. Um, and, uh, anatomically mentioned that they, they appear to have small mouths and it's almost like the downward V shape, right? Um, which appears to show, uh, uh, either a, it doesn't appear to show, uh, you know, the non-existence of, uh, a jaw, right? So we have a mandible and then we have a maxilla uh, and I'm pointing to the top and bottom of my mouth. Um, and, um, there's multiple, uh, you know, uses of uh, those two bone structures. So, uh, crushing force, right? Um, Ken has the COVID number nineteen apparently. So um, <laughs> he's just coughing up a lung. Now you're making there. me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I just saw a piece Ignore of lung me. fly out. Oh man. Um, maybe the Greys have a good like hospital suite when they capture both of us. Um, uh, you think they follow evidence-based medicine, or is it kind of just psychic medicine? I don't know. Well, you know, it's <laughs> funny you bring that up, because there are a lot of people that report psychic healings by grace, so uh, that could be a whole topic unto itself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. God. Um, but yeah, no, so uh, we, uh, we were talking about crushing force, right? So uh, mandible maxilla, uh, you have structures in your, te- in your mouth, teeth, that crush food. Uh, we can look at um, uh, teeth that are years old, right? you know, uh, of extinct species, and we can predict their diet from uh, those 
uh, you know, those markings on their teeth. So the absence of a crushing, uh, of a crushing force, uh, you know, uh, structures to create a crushing force coupled with a, a, a an apparent lack of uh, a nose, uh, right? A pronounced nose could say that they in fact do not need those structures. They were evolution, you know, evolutionary, the evolutionarily they adapted to, uh, you know, there was a, um, you know, a, a need for fitness that did not require taste or smell. Um, we are assuming that, um, the apparent lack of a mandible maxilla nasal structures means that they do not have nasal or taste ganglia right? or excuse me, uh, neural tissue uh, that feeds information of taste and smell to their brain. Um, and that's a very big assumption. Um, another thing I want to comment on is speech, right? So when we speak, um, so as you progress into our anatomy, uh, we have a glottic opening, we have vocal cords, right? We have, um, and voice travels, you know, over, you know, from our hypopharynx, you know, up towards our nasal and oropharynx. And we, with our tongue and our lips moving, we, we create speech. Um, the absence of those structures could mean that they lack language fully or their language is on a different sound uh, wavelength than what we understand. Additionally, I like that. Um, how, what, how do we know that we are being communicated to? So I'm speaking through this microphone to you and you have head, a headset on and you have your ear that is ultimately feeding information to, um, you know, so there's receptors in your brain, uh, excuse me, in, in your ear that take a signal up, an electrical signal to your brain or wherever, uh, somewhere it integrates information, right? Processes information and allows you to perceive it. Um, you, the, the things that you sense are what your brain senses at the integrating step so how do we know that what people perceive as psychic communication isn't just the aliens being able to communicate directly to the integrator and not having to go through the sensor step i don't know if that makes sense or not it does make sense and i like your i like your thought process a lot um one thing I will say, um, I, I had not heard the uh, inverted V mouth thing before. I had always seen it as represented the mouth as a straight slit. Um, so I, sorry, I didn't mean mouth. I meant uh, like uh, 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 the, the the mandible structure. So you know how we have you know uh, okay, humans have a pronounced jaw. You generally have a pronounced jawline. Uh, I, I've always seen right. grays as having that slit. You know, uh, uh, like a V. Uh, um, I got termination. I think that's the proper term. Okay. I got you. 100% following. Um, so, yeah. So, and Moose really kind of touched on this about, you know, how do they eat or obtain nutrients? And, and there's a couple theories here. Um, and by theories, I mean things I came up with because for the most part, there's not a lot of literature on this stuff, um, though, though I have tried to look stuff up. Yeah, and, and kind of the number one thing that I would think of is that they don't 
there's a theory out there that these things are androids or robots and they don't eat. And we could have a whole episode just on that. And I think there's some decent evidence or support for that theory. Um, again, I'm not 100% sold on it, but I can see it. Yeah, another no, one I oh, thought sorry, was go interesting. So go ahead, Moose. No, 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 no. I, I, I have a whole thing. Please go ahead. Okay. Um, another idea would be maybe they absorb nutrients through some type of photosynthesis, photosynthesis type ordeal. Um, that would seem to be in contradiction to the low light thing with the large eyes, but not the we're we're talking about aliens here, so that's not the craziest thing that's probably come out of my mouth tonight. Um, it's possible. Another idea would be maybe they just take in small intakes. They don't need to eat a whole lot. Maybe they just take nutrition pills, you know, and they've been doing that for thousands of years. And that's why they don't have big mouths. The other option I came up with was some sort of um, ingestion that is not through the GI tract, IV feeding. I don't know. Maybe they have Star Trek transporters and they beam the food right into their stomachs not any crazier than anything else i've said tonight so uh i'll stand by that too so moose you had something yeah so um here's what i'm thinking i think so we touched on a bunch of we touched on excuse me uh, my phone just went off um we touched on a bunch of concepts uh metabolism right thermodynamics um you you know how energy is produced uh within these perceived biological organisms uh it could be a um a, a a it could even not be a body right it could just be a suit uh so we're right around the 33 minute part uh, part and i think we could really crank out another episode out of this what do you think uh yeah um i have so much now i'm tell- when I, when i suggested it i actually think we should because i have now have a lot of stuff all right so at this point, we have talked a lot about the biology of grays, and we have a lot more to say, but we're not going to take up all of your time on this one episode. So when we come back next time, we're going to talk about a little bit more about uh, some of the head, and we're going to continue our head-to-toe assessment. We'll wrap up, and we'll talk about all of the different things that uh, go into the biology and the evolution of greys. For the record, we didn't realize so, this would be a, a multi-parter, uh, but it kind of just turned into one. So We did not realize this was going to be a multi-parter, but guess what it's going to be? And that's okay, because that's what happens to us on our other podcasts, too, um, because we are such consummate professionals. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening. I hope you like what you've heard today. Please check us out on Facebook, Spectral Phenomena. Check us out on our website, spectralphenomena.com. If you ever want to get in touch with us, shoot me an email, ksanner, K-S-A-N-N-E-R, at spectralphenomena.com. We are here for you. We're here for the truth, and we're going to find the truth. Everybody have a great night, and we'll see you next time on Spectral Phenomena. And don't forget to wash your hands. Yes, wash your hands, maintain social distancing, wear a face mask.